Welcome to episode 83 of the Montana Values Podcast. In this show, we'll talk all about the butchering of Montana values. Brought to you by the Montana GOP. Let's join our host, Tammy Fisher. But first, a thank you to our loyal listener, Jessica, for her kind contribution to the show. Thank you, Jessica. We really appreciate that you listen to the show and that you support us financially. And we thank you for being a totally awesome supporter. Yep. Thanks, Jessica. You're the best. Very generous donation. Really appreciate it. She continues to sponsor the show because she believes in the work that we're doing. And I think she remarked that we apparently are the only media that's telling the truth. So that's really nice. To that's hear. nice. Intermixed with some swear words, which is why it has to be a podcast. Right. Why not? Yeah. Okay. So, folks, the incestuous mess in the Montana legislature continues. Self-serving and lobbyist prepackaged propaganda-driven bills abound. So much so that there isn't time in a 30-minute podcast to detail all of the shenanigans behind these bills. And these terrible bills will continue to be offered because we continue to place terrible, unqualified people in legislative seats. They drown out the articulate and intelligent legislators in droves. And recently, we have had three sitting elected legislators drop out of the Montana legislature. One who would rather do anything, anything, like take a motorcycle trip, than be in the shit show that is the Montana legislature. One that was bullied out of her seat because she followed her conscience and the National Republican platform principles for her temerity. She was exiled by the Montana GOP because, as you know, the Montana GOP only wants compliant women in its ranks, those that willingly forfeit Republican principles for authoritarian mandates. Finally, we have Doug Flament, who was elected to represent House District 29. Mr. Flament was forced to resign his seat due to unexpected health issues. As an example of the swampy shuffle that occurs with vacancies in the legislature, Mr. Flament was actually appointed to replace Dan Bartell in the House, as Mr. Bartell was appointed to the Senate seat vacated by Ryan Osmondson, who was recruited by Governor Gianforte to be his budget director. Well, that recruitment led to a shuffle, where Bartell then went to the Senate and Bartell's House seat was open. Montana law dictates that legislative seats that are vacated in an off-election year are filled by the county commissioners of the open district. And House District 29 straddles two counties in Montana, Fergus and Petroleum Counties. So the county commissioners of the two counties vote to replace that open seat. So the process for filling open seats is a central committee for the party of the vacating legislator, 
nominates their preferred candidates to the relevant county commissioners and the county commissioners vote on the replacement. And Doug Flament was appointed by unanimous vote of the combined Fergus and Petroleum County commissioners. And that happened right before he then ran for election in 2022 and was elected. Now, because the number of voters who voted for Bartell in District 29 is not equal between Fergus and Petroleum County, Fergus County got three commissioner votes and Petroleum County got two commissioner votes. But that split didn't matter because, again, Flament was voted in unanimously. So the question is, why the heck do we care how Flament got in? Because he's getting out, right? Well, because how Flament was replaced matters greatly, in particular by who he was replaced with. That matters to all of us, especially Montana Indians. Mr. Flament has some significant health issues that prevented him from serving his term. So the Ferguson Petroleum County Commissioners were back to the drawing board. They took Mr. Flament's 2022 voters and determined how many of his voters resided in Petroleum County versus Fergus County. And in this case, that means three commissioners from each county could vote. But this vote was split, not unanimous. And you know why? Because Ed Butcher was one of the applicants. And y'all remember Ed Butcher, right? He's the racist and grand wizard of legistats, a hocus-pocus conservative litmus test grading measure of sitting Republican legislators. Not surprisingly, all of the wackadoos that call themselves Republican receive high grades by Butcher and the normal conservatives that actually adhere to the National Republican platform and its principles uniformly while they fail Butcher's litmus test. Add to this, Butcher's abject racism, which we discussed in episode 75, and you have a uniformly unqualified embarrassment of a human now occupying House District 29. What's worse? Well, his own son, who was one of the county commissioners, voted for him. How incestuous and swampy is that, folks? So let's review Butcher's background. He was in the legislature before. So as the swamp does, they want to bring him back. And when he was in the legislature, he was known for wreaking havoc upon Indian representatives and embarrassing his caucus with his racist slights. So let's review him and his history. 2001, Ed Butcher refers to Indian reservations in Montana as, quote, ghettos. January 21, 2002, headline, Planning for Montana Town Halls Unleashes Spate of Tribal Insults. A proposal to convene a series of town hall meetings to help improve relations between state and tribal leaders in Montana sparked a flurry of ill-conceived remarks at a recent legislative gathering. Senator Ed Butcher, a Winifred Republican, who drew fire during the 2001 legislative session for saying reservations are ghettos, where tribal members are held in bondage, upped the ante by implying that many reservation Indians are lazy and would rather draw welfare checks than work. Quote, they're unwilling or incapable of working like normal outside people do, Butcher said, of tribal members who allegedly return to reservations so they can collect welfare for longer periods than off-reservation locales. He said the elders or the parents, and I hear this all the time, are encouraging them to move back home Following the meeting, Butcher remarked, quote, the Indians got a little upset, but their comments were good-natured. 
There's no racism in this thing. It's just common sense. There's nothing really meant to be demeaning in anything I've said, end quote. In follow-up commentary in the same newspaper, this was discussed. Quote, Butcher is actually incredulous about this idea. The elders or the parents, and I hear this all the time, are encouraging them to move back home. Well, the Indian elders want their young to come home. Imagine that. Butcher seems to be wondering since he, quote, hears this all the time. Now, why would the elders say such a thing? Is it that if they keep going back home, these reservations just might last forever? That Indian people might, in fact, rebuild the prosperity of their nations on their own lands? Oh, shiver me timbers. What would happen if that were to occur? You mean we continue to have Indians on their own lands, on the reservations, and coming home? Just like Governor Gianforte's project where he wants to recruit Montanans to come back home? Well, I guess that's not okay for Ed Butcher. Every other Montanan can come back home but not if you've got Indian blood. But he's not a racist. He's telling us, I'm not a racist, even though I say all these racist things. I'm not a racist. So then we go on to December 24th of 2004, Christmas Eve, no less. You got to have this as a headline. Senator apologizes for calling disabled students vegetables. Representative-elect and current Senator Ed Butcher, Republican from Winifred, issued a written apology Thursday for derogatory comments he made last week about special education students and racial minorities, and then accused Democrats of turning his own words against him. When initially contacted about the remarks Tuesday, Butcher refused to apologize. But incoming House Speaker Roy Brown, Republican out of Billings, made the senator change his mind. Butcher sent the apology to the school administrators he offended and to the media. Quote, I made an inappropriate comment. Butcher said, let's get a life and move on, end quote. At last week's meeting, Butcher said, vegetables or seriously disabled children should be removed from the traditional school setting and relocated in regional hub schools that can better meet their needs. Montana's small schools simply cannot afford to meet the varying needs of all disabled students, he said. In explaining his comments about minority and student populations, Butcher said, quote, Montana teachers who leave the state for better paying jobs elsewhere have to deal with groups of Hispanic, Asian, and Black gangs that are terrorizing schools, end quote. He also said, to the families with severely disabled children, I certainly apologize for my terminology. However, my concern continues that they receive assistance in their struggles, which is appropriate to both the child and the education system, Butcher wrote. Butcher, who came under fire during the 2001 legislature for referring to American Indian reservations as ghettos, said he will continue to push for regional hub schools for the disabled. So what does that remind you of, Mickey? Doesn't that remind you of how we used to put the developmentally disabled, we just would warehouse them in Boulder? Remember how well that worked for the developmentally disabled and how horribly they were treated? Well, Ed Butcher, by God, if you have a disabled child, that's what he wants to go back to. Sounds like boarding schools for Indians, too, might be on his list. So then we get to March 18th, 2007. Headline, lawmaker criticized for private email message. Representative Ed Butcher was criticized Saturday for insensitivity reflected in a private email written by him that characterized supporters of increased funding for an American Indian education program as semi-literate. <laughs> Retired Fairfield teacher Dorothea Susag 
wrote Butcher an email on Wednesday urging him to support a bill by Senator Carol Juno, a Democrat out of Browning, that would increase funding for Indian education for all. The program is intended to teach all students about Montana's Indian tribes. In his response to SUSAG, Butcher, who was on the House Education Committee that heard the bill, wrote that the program was misguided and was being, quote, propelled by the politically correct crowd of semi-literate proponents, end quote. He also wrote in his response he had been astonished at the naivete of our educational community in buying into this Indian education project. He wrote that an accurate picture of historic Indian culture was not possible because Indians were a hunter-gatherer peoples who would have had a limited vocabulary and relied upon sign language for much of their communication, end quote. I, uh, I've, I've got some sign language I'd like to share with Mitch, oh Mr. Goodness. Butcher. Relied on sign language? Yeah. That's just horseshit. <laughs> Was he not educated in Montana? I mean, even before we actually funded the constitutionally mandated Indian Education for All Act, it's in our constitution. We didn't fund it. All of the racists in the legislature didn't fund it until 2005 when they were finally sued and said, you got to fund this. Even before that, in 1983 and 84, you know who got the Indian education? Me. And you know what I know? That Indians didn't speak to one another in sign language. They have their own culture and their own language. So for him to say this in 2007, what a moron. Even I know better than that. Butcher said that the statements in his email were accurate and that he has studied Indian history extensively. <laughs> yes, uh, it shows. He added that he was not prejudiced against Indians. Of course not. But simply thinks their history should not be overemphasized <laughs> in schools to the neglect of other subjects. Quote, I mean, good grief, there are a heck of a lot more Norwegians, Germans and other ethnic groups in the state of Montana than there are Indians end quote, said Butcher. <laughs> I, I mean, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. The Indians were here before any of the Norwegians, Germans, and other ethnic groups in the state of Montana. They were Montana. So of course we would have Indian education for all. They are our history. And while every ethnic group that came, and if you look at like the history of Butte and stuff, that's fascinating, really fascinating. But we're talking about the ancient history of Montana, thousands of years ago, moving forward. Of course, the history of Montana is an Indian history. And then the history, of course, takes us through all of the negative things that happened, where we exiled Indians to wherever the American government wanted to put them and made deals with them. And now we have all these old white men who are criticizing the deals made by the United States government. So if they've got a criticism of the Indians, they should probably point their noses to the United States government because they made the deals. All right. Sorry, off on a tangent. January 6, 2007, not too far later. Headline, lawmaker apologizes for racial comments towards Indian colleague. Representative Ed Butcher, Republican from Winifred, was forced to apologize Friday on the House floor after referring to an American Indian lawmaker as chief <laughs> and asking if the committee chairman's gavel wielded by Butcher constituted a war club. <laughs> Quote, it was meant as a compliment, Butcher said of his 
chief comment in an apology before the 100-member House of Representatives. Butcher made the comments Thursday afternoon at a meeting of the House Agricultural Committee, which he chairs. A day later, he promised fellow lawmakers he would conduct future meetings, quote, in a way that upholds the <laughs> dignity of the House, yeah, right. end quote. Butcher said House Republican leaders summoned him to their offices after Democrats objected and said he was told to apologize on the House floor on Friday. Butcher said he has an extra large gavel. Yeah, all men say they've got an extra large gavel. And turned to Representative (laughs) Jonathan Windy Boy, a Democrat out of Rocky Boy, and member of the committee, and asked him if the gavel could be a war club. (laughs) Then shortly before the meeting was to start, but while Windy Boy was not present, Butcher said the meeting couldn't begin because he was waiting on Chief Windy Boy. Quote, there sure as hell wasn't anything negative about the comment, Butcher said, <laughs> adding that he'd always considered Windy Boy one of the sharpest American Indian lawmakers in the House. Mm. Well, that's a great compliment because you should hear what he says about the other American Indians that serve in the Montana legislature. Butcher said if he intended to say something disparaging about American Indians, quote, I would have come up with something worse than that. (laughs) And he has. No question. He absolutely has. House Majority Leader Mike Lang, a Republican out of Billings, called the comments inappropriate when announcing Butcher's apology. Wow. You mean we had a House Majority Leader with some balls who actually stood up and said, that's inappropriate. We're not going to do that. Huh. Shocking. Funny how that works. Representative Margaret Campbell, a Democrat out of Poplar, an American Indian lawmaker whose district includes the Assiniboine and Sioux tribal members on the Fort Peck Reservation, said in a brief speech that she didn't believe, quote, the good people of Montana wanted the indigenous people of the state to be used as the butt of bad jokes and inappropriate comments, end quote. Representative Shannon Augeri, Democrat out of Browning and a member of the Blackfeet tribe, said in an interview that he didn't think Butcher's use of the word chief was complimentary. Quote, I'm disappointed that in this body, people still say things like that, said Algeri, a freshman lawmaker serving his third day in the legislature. Jeez, nice welcome. Butcher said he thought the incident may have been overblown and said one of his own children is an enrolled member of Windy Boy's (laughs) Reservation Tribes, a girl whom Butcher adopted as an infant. Quote, it makes this whole thing ironic, he said. <laughs> no, it just makes everybody really sad for his adopted Indian child. So is that his, his excuse for not being a racist? Is that he has an Indian daughter? <laughs> yeah, that's a, who was the mayor that did that? Oh, de Blasio? Yeah, what did he say? He's not uh, a racist against the blacks because his daughter's black. Oh, can't be. It's, isn't this kind of like when... You know, you say, I can't be a racist because my best friend is half black or because I might be a quarter Indian, according to what my grandfather told me when he was drunk at Christmas, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, you can still be a racist, I promise. Yeah. Crazy. And of course, the most recent shit Butcher has said publicly about Indians we discussed in episode 75, and I also wrote a column about. These are his remarks while a member of the public and not a legislator, and remarks that were made in 2022, not 10 years ago, four months ago. Here's what I wrote in September 2022 after reading the Haver Daily News article. 
The Montana GOP changed its platform recently and removed an important passage, hoping Montanans wouldn't notice. What's the passage? We support the individual rights of Montana tribal citizens as guaranteed by the Montana Constitution. It was removed. Within weeks of removal of this passage and issuing the new authoritarian-approved state platform, leaders within the Montana GOP started saying the quiet part out loud. At a North Central Pachyderm meeting, Ed Butcher, the developer of the, quote, Legistat's loyalty scorecard that is now mandated by the Montana GOP in its new platform, publicly expressed his disdain for native Montanans who happen to be American Indian. According to the Haver Daily News, Butcher remarked American Indian legislators always, quote, vote for welfare, end quote, and said while there were two he respected very much, most legislators from the reservations are, quote, unintelligent. Quote, I won't mention the other names that are room temperature IQs, he said. The reservation doesn't always necessarily send their best and brightest, end quote. This from a guy lovingly embraced by the Montana GOP as a leader in determining whether a Republican legislator is, quote, Republican enough to serve Montana under the Republican brand. According to Butcher, American Indians, by virtue of being American Indians, are dumb. He believes and is flanked by the Montana GOP through the deliberate deletion of any acknowledgement of the constitutional guarantees afforded our Native American population that American Indians are not worthy of serving in the Montana legislature because of their race. A couple opinion pieces on Butcher are also enlightening about who he is. Denise Morton of Lewistown wrote, quote, What an absolute idiot Butcher has made of himself again. Millions of dollars are being donated to preserve native languages that are being lost due to acculturation. And Butcher claims Native Americans never even had much of a vocabulary. Butcher can quit blaming the Democrats for his incompetence. No one but he puts these words in his mouth, end quote. Then we have Jody Rave, who wrote in the Missoulian, quote, early in this year's legislative session, he referred to a gavel as a tomahawk and made reference to Chief Windy Boy instead of Representative Jonathan Windy Boy, a Chippewa Cree from the Rocky Boys Reservation. Butcher insists he didn't say anything wrong. Behind the scenes, he told those who complained to, quote, get a life. Butcher called the situation with Windy Boy ironic, given the fact that he adopted a baby girl from the Chippewa Cree tribe. That's not ironic. That's disturbing. Anyone aware of his native track record would understand why. People like Butcher have spurred child advocates to create the Indian Child Welfare Act as a way to keep native children connected to their tribal communities. No one seems more disconnected with indigenous people than Butcher. He's kicking up dust today among Indian education advocates for sabotaging attempts to teach contemporary and historical native issues to public school students. The effort is mandated by the Montana Constitution, but for 30 years, lawmakers failed to support it. It wasn't until the state was sued that legislators finally designated the first dollar bill for Indian education in 2005. Butcher wears his ignorance like a badge of honor, and he does so while making laws for the rest of us, end quote. And now Butcher will be making laws again for the rest of us. And he will be flanked by the other racists in the Montana legislature. 
including the Speaker of the House's daddy, Keith Regeer. That dipshit just introduced a resolution to eliminate reservations, despite the fact that the state legislature has no jurisdiction or authority to eliminate reservations, and despite the fact that he did not once consult with the Indian caucus about their constituents' views about reservations. Nope, just an old white guy who has decided that Indian homelands need to be permanently removed from America and Indians fully assimilated to white culture. Be prepared, folks. Next up, they will try to bring back boarding schools for Indian kids. After all, Butcher has already vocally expressed a desire to segregate special needs kids to their own schools in, quote, hubs, and that's a code word, folk, far away from their homes. And all of this racism and abject discrimination that is forbidden in our state constitution is embraced and promoted by the Montana GOP. Think of it. Keith Regeer was damn near the Senate president, narrowly beat out by criminal and civil fraudster Jason Ellsworth. How do you like that? This is the batch of morons that lead the Republican Party. How embarrassing. It's humiliating. You know, I'm driving along in Chicago because I got to go to a funeral, right? And I'm listening to the local news. I'm thinking it's the local news radio channel, right? And that's what it is. And on the local news in Chicago is the stupid thing from Keith Regeer. And they made fun of him. What a laughingstock. What a racist. We still have this kind of racism in society. All the way in Illinois, making fun of Montana. We look like a pack of racists. All Montanans do. That's what his legacy is going to be. And who did Keith Rager blame for that resolution that he pulled after the significant backlash he got? Who did he blame? His good friend, Mark Agather. Yeah. So here's the deal. He's not responsible or accountable for anything. He apparently doesn't even read anything that's put in front of him. He just throws it in the hopper. And when he's held to account for it, what does he do? What me? Oh, oh, it was a constituent. Oh, and... I guess I didn't read it. And oh, no, I'm not a racist, even though everything I've put in here is racist vitriol. It's absurd. And it's an embarrassment. And it should be publicly mocked. And Keith Regeer should be publicly mocked. Absolutely. What a legacy he's leaving. And let's not forget, the only way that Butcher got the seat, got his ticket to return to the Montana legislature, was by way of his county commissioner's son voting to seat him. That's right. Butcher's son is a county commissioner in Fergus County. And since he cleared the conflict with the county attorney, baby Butcher went ahead and voted for his daddy. And despite his protests otherwise saying, well, my vote didn't matter. Don't worry about it. He had to vote for his daddy in order for daddy Butcher to get the seat. Because You want to know why we know that? Because we know that Baby Butcher recuses himself from other harebrained issues that his dad brings to the commissioners. He has a track record of recognizing that he should recuse himself when Daddy is promoting Daddy's policies. Listen to this from October 9th, 2015. Quote, Fergus County commissioners voted down a proposal that would have expanded the boundaries of a small geographic area that offers private property owners extra legal protection from damage caused by stray cattle. At a public meeting on October 9th, commissioners Carl Seelstad and Sandy Youngbauer voted against expansion of the Winifred Herd District. The meeting was contentious. 
Winifred area landowners Ed Butcher, Robert Bold, and Travis Butcher spoke in support of the proposal to add 16,000 acres to the Herd District. Ten other people spoke in opposition of their proposal and presented the commissioners with a petition signed by 147 people describing the annexation as unethical. Fergus County's third commissioner, Ross Butcher, recused himself from voting on the proposal because his father, former state senator Ed Butcher, is one of the proposal's primary sponsors, end quote. So we know that since Baby Butcher recognized the need to recuse himself before due to a conflict, that his vote must have been absolutely necessary for Daddy Butcher to regain a legislative seat. Otherwise, Baby Butcher would have just abstained and Daddy would have sailed through. But that wasn't the case. And even if Baby Butcher cleared his vote through the county attorney, it was a shitty swampy thing to do and just perpetuates the incestuous political swamp that is Montana politics. And now we have legislators who are actually qualified leaving public service because they too can't stand to serve with assholes more focused on eliminating Indians from Montana, dictating how women handle their miscarriages and whether parents can take their kids to drag shows, ensuring that state government interferes with parental rights to raise their children. When the legislature is discussing drag shows they have no familiarity with, when childless men discuss how miscarriages are documented, when childless men decide it's government's role to interfere in the parent-child relationship, we are careening towards an authoritarian society. And at every turn, folks, the Montana GOP continues to recruit the racists and the ignorant among us to its ranks. Thank you for taking us with you on your journey today. And we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Montana Values Podcast. Consider sponsoring the show by going to our website, montanavaluespodcast.com, locating the sponsor page and clicking on the donate button. Follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at MTValues. Find us on Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. What's your favorite Montana value? How do you live it? Write to us. Our email address is montanavaluespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.